Tonight, we are going to talk about the World Series runner-up Tampa Bay Rays depth chart for this season. Oh, wait, hold, on, it is hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a sec. Yep. You've reached your 73-character limit. Uh, we're going to remove you from this intro at this time. What? Oh, I'm lost. This is Dingers, way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go. Welcome to Diggers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Blake Snell that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle. Tyler Childs joined again by Robbie from the murder room, assuming he can find his way to the mic. Kicking it over to you, Robbie. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Thank you. Uh, all is well. I hope everybody liked that intro. That's fun, right? That's fun. We, we do like fun. Fun is, is fun, as they say. Yeah, and Ty does not like singing when I'm singing. So that this is a pretty good compromise for us. But tonight, so everyone knows, this is episode two of the 30-team breakdown. So we're going through relevant 2020 dynasty options for playing time. Um, we are discussing the prospects that we might see. We are discussing the rotation and who could move in, out, uh, up, down, and further back guys who should get assignments that could build up some more prospect value. So with Tampa Bay, it's an interesting system. Depending on who you talk to, 50 prospects is not enough to talk about. So we are not going to do that tonight. We are just going to talk about the important things. Uh, Ty, do you want to start up with the lineup or do you want to beverage us? Yeah, I, I think we'll beverage us to get started. Here. A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. Ooh. I'm, well, I'm drinking I'm drinking green tea tonight, but I just opened the, the booth for the pop and it smells so good. That's a, that's a terrible scenario. <laughs> Pour it in. Hey, not a joke. I heard somebody talking about um, bourbon and green tea together, Ty. So I feel like you're how, pulling my leg. I'm but... not, I know because that's what you're drinking, but um, <laughs> there might be a reason why you enjoy green tea and also why you enjoy the bourbon. So uh, if you don't believe me, google it and see for yourself but i forget where where i heard it um it was i don't know anywhere it wasn't twitter but if you want to find us on twitter you can at dingers pod uh you can find ty at tourney boss or myself at robbie baseball one and we are happy to answer your questions we are happy to have a comment if you want to tweet at us uh, but again the dms are open and you know, screenshot of your your team, your situation, a trade you're looking to do, some way you want to get better. Uh, we're we're happy and willing and ready to help you. You can always check out RobbieBaseball.com. That's got uh, my own ranks as well as Dinger's uh, information on there of the podcast, what's been going on with links 
to the podcast. So if you want to listen to one with Nick Richards, boom, we got it. You want to listen to starting pitcher prospects episode. We got it. You can also obviously click subscribe to wherever you're listening to this um, new listeners. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Ty is already screwing with the lineup. My God, he can't leave well enough alone people. So Ty do it, buddy. Um, tell us who's hitting where against right-handed pitching. If no one gets hurt and Tampa Bay doesn't Tampa Bay themselves. Absolutely. We're, we're covering Tampa Bay. And if I don't tinker with the roster it is not a true episode regarding the Tampa Bay roster. So I'm sorry, lineups getting tinkered with. That's just how they do. Um, it'll probably get tinkered with again before the end of this episode. So that's just something you need to understand if you're owning players in the Tampa Bay lineup. Great segue. Um, and so leading off for me, this, this one, I'm not set on this lineup and nor should you be because it's going to move around. So I am always a proponent of buying lineup positions in fantasy baseball. This is the team I am buying two players and two players only for lineup positioning. And that's going to be Randy Arizona and Brandon Lau. That is it. Those are the only two that have any sense of regularity to where I think they're going to fall in the lineup. And both of them could find themselves anywhere through one to four on a regular basis. But okay. So we mocked it lineup. up, Ty. Tell, yeah. tell everybody what you've mocked up. Yeah, I, I'm not necessarily locked into Austin Meadows at one, but I do think that's where he's going to start. I, I do think that's who it is off the top. But I, I think that has opportunity to shift, and it depends on a lot of factors in the rest of this lineup. But um, I think from a, a Sabre metrics, let's throw that around in terms of extra oh ABs. I know, right? That seems Are like we old allowed news to say these that? days. Yeah, I think it's old now. You um, can say Saunders metrics because that's still my name on <laughs> Fantrax and in our home league. Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> it's all good. And then at number two, I, I see the righty lefty combo airs arena there again, depending on who's on the mound, like you very easily could see stacked lefties back to back to lead off. Um, you never rule anything out with Tampa Bay, but, um, airs arena two, Brandon Lau three, and then it gets all over the place from there. Uh, demon Choi at four Manuel Margot, uh, Joey Wendell, Willie Adamas, Kiermaier, and somehow Zanino is still in this lineup. Oh, so uh, ridiculous. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But guys on the bench that, that are going to be relevant, absolutely. Uh, Yandy Diaz, Mike Brousseau, Yoshi Susugo, Brett Phillips, and Francisco Mejia. That's likely what their bench looks like. Uh, you might see Vidal Bruyon this year as a speed guy off the bench. I, I don't think he's going to start at the pro level, but you could very easily see him this year. Uh, everybody and their brother assumes Wando. Wando Franco is – I like Wando. We should call that him That was Wando. a good save, but I have also yeah. heard him called um, – oh, my goodness, what was it? Because of the the at baseball pods on Twitter, uh, Chris did the bracket, which is probably over by the time this is on. Uh, I've been listening to a ridiculous amount of podcasts trying to give everybody a shot. And there were some people who were just butchering Wando Franco and calling him uh, Wander. I did hear Wander. I definitely Ooh. heard uh, Franco, which I assumed was a joke. But there was another one that I can't recall off the top. It was a lesser known dynasty prospect type conversation they had. And I was so thrown by it that I tweeted something at them like, 
guys the pronunciation you know like step step it up a bit but anyway um i th- i'm right with i'm right there with you ty so for prospects here just the i'm going to tell you who i think is the highest ranking prospect not necessarily the next guy that's going to be in but if it's a first base prospect it's dalton kelly who's a non-roster invite to camp right now he's a 26 year old lefty that's your first base prospect Vidal bruyon is your second base that's the 23 year old switch hitter ty mentioned kevin padlow is a 24 year old righty third base prospect then yes we've got wander who is in camp non-roster invite uh 20 year old righty apparently going to change baseball then we've got outfield prospects josh low 23 year old yes the brother of brandon um, <clears throat> Moises Gomez, 22 year old non-roster invite to camp. So that's another important thing. We talked about that in the Dodger episode. We'll say it for every team, non-roster invite, give them a bump up. Odds are a little bit better. You're going to see him. Nico Holzer, 24 year old righty power for days, 70 grade power going to need to find a way to make better contact. Obviously when, when I say big power tie, does anything immediately come to your head when you don't think this guy is a top prospect? uh what do you mean like strikeouts like I, yeah like yeah yeah okay I'm, like you say big power the um, automatic assumption is well i don't know of this guy or i haven't heard amazing things oh he we're just gonna need a, a better way to frame that question because that really was a tough one to answer well, i was in english a, class i'm being asked to read shakespeare right like it's like uh, don't pick me don't pick me <laughs> i'm i'm an anti-wordsmith uh i have a good way of tripping over my own question so uh for you to have to answer it, it is even harder and then the top catching prospect is Herberto Hernandez, who came over in the uh, low low deal, uh, the first base deal, but, but other prospects of note as well, before we get into pitching, because I mean, this is the best way to break this one down. I think Ty, we've got, we've got enough depth here to talk about Xavier Edwards, uh, you know, the slapdick prospect Ty still doesn't believe that that was what what was said, but it was 21 year old switch hitter, Uh, not the power bat, but doesn't mean he can't still be an effective player. Taylor Walls, 24-year-old righty as a shortstop prospect. Uh, Jan Diaz, an 18-year-old lefty, obviously further away. Yanni Piran, who was one of the J2 guys signed with Tampa Bay. Carlos Colmenares, who I didn't put on the list, but that's just a name to, to note. Blake Hunt, who I don't remember if he came over, what trade it was he came over to the organization, but it appears as though he might just move off of the position. He's a, he's a big man and could end up being more of a first base type prospect which does fit because Tampa Bay does not have a I legit think he was in the, I think he was in the San Diego trade for with he was in San Diego okay thank you yeah uh, and then further back you know we've got Alejandro Pa 19 year old and then an older guy Esteban Curio 29 year old lefty that's just somebody that could kick around the system and get some time and then 21 year old Roberto Alvarez that's that's it for us as far as guys we can see today making an impact now Tampa Bay did this to us last year, right, Ty? They brought this guy out of nowhere um, who just so happened to make enough of an impact that now he's on the map everywhere in Josh Fleming. So Tampa Bay has these, these guys within their organization. Now, because of that, we go even deeper into these organizations to try to find, the guy, find these guys. And maybe it's Nico Holzer this year who comes out. Maybe it's Josh Lowe. Um, you know, we know of the rest, right? So take it with a grain of salt that, that the depth chart with Tampa Bay is one of the least um, likely to play out as we would hope it is, but they do things differently in Tampa Bay. And at the end of the day, they're looking to win ball games, not win us championships, which is what we're trying to do for you. Yeah. And exactly. It's, it's why I don't invest heavily into Tampa Bay. Like I just don't, I never have. And, and until that regime shifts uh, and they start to get fans in the stands, I probably won't pick many guys off them because you know, 
Fans dig the long ball. Tampa doesn't care that much about it. Um, they just hit clutch bombs. I'll give them that. Um, but there's there's just too much uncertainty around this team. So I, I don't invest. The one guy that I do think will have more success this year that I just want to put on people's radar is Susugo. Like I think he's a, a forgotten man in this lineup. Lefty power. I think he's going to be a really interesting play because I, I and I've been on this way for a while, Robbie. I am not a Manuel Margot guy. Neither just never have been like, and I never will be like, he has had moments where you're like, Hey, this guy might be good. And then five minutes later, he sucks again. So it's like, I refuse to build my team around a guy like that. So if you've got guys that can play good outfield defense, like Kiermaier, uh, like Ares arena, like you can throw Susuhu out there in the third outfield spot in any given day and be covered off. Right. So that's, that's the first thing. He could also platoon really nicely with Yandy Diaz, who seems to still have some preferential oh, treatment in Tampa Bay. Uh, I want to see Yandy Diaz get some at-bats, Ty. I, I'm not happy <laughs> with the situation. Yeah. You know, we know when um, Tampa goes to New York or New York comes to Tampa that we're going to see Mike Brousseau in the lineup every day. Mm-hmm. And Mike Brousseau is a perfectly good bench guy to have in your deeper leagues. Uh, he should not start. You know, Yandy Diaz should not be in a starting role for you right now um, because of what Ty said. It's it's not it's not locked and loaded. You know, Willie Adames was a guy we were going to talk about, 25-year-old righty shortstop. No, no part of his line is outstanding. And the dynasty owner wants uh, Wanda Franco in there because that's where the big bump's supposed to be. And now we're starting to get a little bit of pushback on that where, you know, maybe the power's not going to be as amazing and blah, blah, whatever, you know, like silliness because people are bored. Let's, let's just stick to the, the straight facts that, that um, Adames is roughly a 250 hitter with an OBP north of 320, which is good, but that still leaves him without hitting up for a lot of power, you know, 20 home runs in 19. We're talking now about having the ball possibly, you know, a little harder to hit out of the park, knock that down to 15 his OPS is going to be somewhere in the 700s, lower 700s. So if you've got the opportunity as the fantasy owner to pick up Adames with Wander as your backup, that's the sweetest spot I can think of on this Tampa Bay team. Like that's yeah. the best one too in this organization for a dynasty owner. But I think the Adames owners where you are are probably going to value them roughly where I do, which is he's a really good middle of the rotate or sorry, middle, middle of the, 30 team league uh, depth chart, right? He's somewhere between 12 and 16, I think on most dynasty lists or should be. And he might end up being one of those Jose Iglesias guys, Ty, that just moves around after this initial stop in Tampa Bay. But I, I like Adamus wherever he goes to me. I like him. I'm penciling him in. I'd get him where I can. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see any real issue with Adamus. Like I, I'd like him. He's the guy that I talk about all the time that has the defensive metric that we don't consider in fantasy baseball very often. He he's the the general out on that field and he's good at it. And that's going to get him at bats and it's going to delay Wander Franco, right? Which is why we've not been as high on other people because we know where Adamas sits in this lineup. And unless Wander Franco is doing big power things, I just don't think they're going to force him into this lineup. Tampa Bay's never forced guys like Wander up like that. I don't think they're going to start now. Uh, but I, I think the one thing I do like about this lineup, if I'm drafting these guys, I'm drafting 
Wendell's and I'm drafting Laos and I'm drafting those guys because they're going to give me multi-position eligibility. Hey, Ty, you know what I just did? I just drafted to be my first Starlin Aguilar share. I just thought everybody would like to know. We yeah, and for those, of you, for those of you that don't know, Rob has been fighting and, and been getting sniped hard in like every league that we're in for Aguilar, which makes me laugh. Um, it doesn't because- make sense in one league that uh, Dave Swan, who writes for Fantrax and uh, uh, Roto-Wire, so a, a well-established writer. Uh, hi, Dave, if you're listening. I still hate you. He sniped me way too early on Starlin Aguilar in one of our 30 team dynasty leagues. I was pissed. I like DM'd him. I'm like, what are you doing to me? This is unfair. And in one of our other leagues, because of when we drafted, he wasn't updated and available in the player pool on fan tracks. That's our listener league. So he wasn't there. So um, everyone that's listening to this, that's part of the listener league. I'm just going to let you guys know. I'm, I'm diving in heavy on my fab to try to get me some Starlin Aguilar for that 50 man minors. Uh, sorry to interrupt the episode with this breaking news yeah. on Robbie prospects. And this <laughs> might be the curious moment where I overbid you and then oh, trade him wow. too. That would hurt. <laughs> That'd be Especially because that league's only got $250 in fab. So, and someone last year, I can't remember who it was. Someone last year spent a ton of cash off the first, uh, first, week that we did the waiver wire for it so honestly i guess maybe by the time the season starts that will have died down and i may not be as excited to you know dump an rp prospect to pick up aguilar who's realistically you know five years away but tonight because i now have a share i am excited i am happy (laughs) because this could be a future wonder franco guy right a big power about well not that wonder franco is a big power guy but a third base anchor in Seattle where they're, you know, they need power out there. Anyway, wrong episode for that. Just happy, excited. Let's return. Tampa yeah. And, and so let's just talk about that level of excitement that you have for a single player on this roster. And let's just go right into the pitching side. Um, and we might as well just get it out of the way. That big hairy one that you love to, to talk about Brent Honeywell jr. Yeah. Uh, he's under the prospect side. So Brandon McKay, Honeywell, Jr. Patino, Joe Ryan, and Shane McClanahan. That's really nice for your first five prospects. You back that up with Cole Wilcox, uh, John, John Doaxis, who we discussed 22 year old lefty when uh, Nick Richards was on with us from uh, baseball HQ, uh, which I, you know, I did not think to suggest him i went to every other tampa bay lefty before i was like oh him i don't think he's unknown you, you were uh, just so- avoiding trying to pronounce it <laughs> <laughs> well i just thought it was funny that I, I didn't think of him as an unknown but that's the difference between regularly swimming in the 30 team league pools and needing to know these guys and uh looking not, not that obviously Nick knows what he's talking about, but when he's trying to describe to us a lesser known guy, if you don't play in as deep a leagues, you're not going to be as intrigued. Uh, but then, sorry, anyway, you've got JJ Goss and Nick Bitsko as two more guys. And that's without mentioning uh, Shane Bass. So th- there's a lot of pitching in Tampa. That's not, not even there yet. Like what's one well, through five looking like Ty. It, it, it's so interesting. Like, and people lost their mind when they traded Blake Snell. It was a great trade for this organization. I don't care what anybody says. Um, Snell's a great pitcher in his own right. There's some flaws in Snell, and I, and I I really don't mind that they traded him. I like him. He's fun to watch. Great personality. But they're still left with a very deep organization. Like the, the starting five should end up with Glasnow, 
late signing Rich Hill, it was going to be in and out of five five inning appearances. I really think they're going to set Rich Hill up with an opener, which I think would be a really great model for I'll him. Talk about, yeah, I've got an idea when you're when you're done with that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Michael Walker is a, is a guy that's come in from the Mets. You know, he's got a little bit of an arm slot change last season. We'll see what Tampa knows that the rest of us don't. They tend to know something that we don't when it comes to guys like Michael Walker. So I'm I'm interested. Chris Archer, I love the second chance. I love the homecoming. He's a high sock guy. We talked about that in our, our last Chain. episode. Chain That's right. Out. Yep. That's right. He he brings the uh And then a guy that brings like the least swagger ever finishes this off with Ryan Yarbrough, um, who just gets it done, right? Like, I mean, I, I got no hate for Ryan Yarbrough other than the fact that like the changeup usually goes about 62 feet and people still swing at it. Um, so, <laughs> but other know, than that, right, Ty, other than that, no hate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that like, it, it's interesting. And I, and I think there's going to be some competition here. Everybody assumes that guys like McKay, Honeywell, Patino aren't going to be in the conversation. I think McKay is going to be limped back in coming off an injury. Um, Honeywell, I'm just assuming will have an injury by the beginning of the season. So oh, he's on. probably, sorry, I had to. Um, Screwball you, man. Screwball you. But, Thundering Oak is probably the most likely of this group to, to challenge this. And I, and I, I'm going to segue to you, Rob, because that might've hit on your idea and I want to let you have it from here. Yes, sir. Thank you. Ty. I did. So the only other two that Ty didn't mention that are in contention to be like the traditional starter, Yanni Torinos, who I think is recovering from injury right now. And he Trevor gone. So he's going to be gone for the year. So, okay. Assume. So he's, he is depth fodder in the organization. He yeah. is not impacting. Okay. I, I put him in as a backup and I was, trying to think so i didn't mark injured on it anywho that's what happens when we make up our own spreadsheets for all the episodes and we're not just staring at uh depth charts yeah. span his, his tommy john there. was uh august 25th of okay, last thank year you. so yeah so he's so. absolutely out for the year okay so trevor richards would kind of be sp6 if that was the way they wanted to lead off but what ty hit on earlier my point will come through here uh, this is the idea that i love you've got 21 year old luis patino thundering oak as we call him please call him that yourself call him that in your group chats call him that on twitter uh tag us at dingers pod we want in on the thundering oak that was with the uh record issue alex fast lost episode but we still need that memory for us because um that was a great conversation that just the three of us got to enjoy now nobody else so Patino comes we'll, in. We'll, we'll always have that. We'll always. Yes. Absolutely, <laughs> we'll always have that. Uh, Patino comes in and throws to nine ish batters goes through the order once, but they'll probably let him close off the inning. So whatever happens, he's getting three plus innings uh, per start. That's going to give him as a young guy, who's going to have a bit of issue with control. He's going to be allowed to have a higher pinch count. So, for him, we'll say a high pitch count is going to be 60 to 70 pitches. That's right in that Tampa Bay range anyway. Um, so if he gets into trouble, he'll still be permitted to do that. Then you're going to let Rich Hill come in and just carve up the rest of the lineup the second time through, the third time through. And then you can turn it over really late in the game when you need to, to preserve Rich Hill so he's not throwing five plus innings. And it's going to allow Rich Hill to pitch into late into games it will also allow Rich Hill to get a bundle of wins. And this is my dream scenario is the Patino Rich Hill to become one, because when you have a young righty 
throwing fire like that, keeping guys off balance. And then Rich Hill comes in as a crafty lefty who's got amazing movement, who can place it everywhere he wants. You know, he's, he's playing darts out there. And then you could finish off that game with a mixture of uh, Diego Castilla, Nick Anderson, or Pete Fairbanks. Like, my God, lights out. Like, that could be the worst game for that hitter or those hitters that week if they have to go up against that in Tampa Bay. Now, will that happen? I don't know. But if there's a team that I would like to see do something cool like that, it's Tampa Bay. So the the pieces are all together. It's a matter of whether, you know, they mix up that mirepoix correctly and letters saute as I would like them to. Did you see the thing I posted the other day on Twitter about their bullpen? I don't know if you caught it or not. So it was basically showing how Tampa Bay sets up their bullpen, and it was just a clock. And all it was was all the arm slots around the clock. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, that pitch. Yeah, that was phenomenal. And it's so accurate, right? But the thing that I think is going to be really interesting about the back end and the overall pitching staff here with Tampa Bay is I think of all the teams that are going to take advantage of that taxi squad, it's going to be these guys. They're going to have interchangeable guys coming in and out all over the place, and it's going to be their pitching staff. And and they've got weird guys all over this organization that I think are going to come out of the woodwork. Um, and, and you might see like Susugo pitching at some point, like, who knows? Like we just, <laughs> we just don't know. Right. So I hope, um, I hope you're wrong. I do hope but, you're wrong with that. But what we do know is that the very back end of this bullpen is about as good as it gets from a power arm perspective. Um, Nick Anderson, P Fairbanks Castillo, like that's gross. So this is, this is kind of very, similar to what we saw in Kansas city in 15 during their run, right? Like you have that back three solidified, uh, but, but they're interchangeable. Yeah. And to add to the point, like we just talked about rotation pieces. We didn't even mention Josh Fleming, 24 year old lefty who, who pitched critical innings for the team last year. He will just get innings. You know, I don't think that they're going to have someone come in and open for whatever, five outs, six outs, whatever you want to, whatever you want to pin on it and then have Fleming come in, but it's possible, right? It's Tampa Bay. Literally anything is possible with this team. So Josh Fleming owners who picked him up in the off season, cause he's still rookie eligible for your big leagues. Uh, he could definitely be a piece this year, but his value is going to seem low because when, when walk assigned, uh, fan graphs, because you got to watch fan graphs. That's where, that's where people are associating value wherever they are in the lineup, which is why we are not using that for us. But when you have to react to the situation, fan graphs pushed um, Fleming, I think from SP three to four, and then Archer signed, he goes to SP five and then Hill signs and he's out of the rotation. Well, that doesn't mean Josh Fleming is actually out of the rotation. Rich Hill could be the guy who comes in, all the time. And, you know, he, maybe he opens twice a week. Maybe he comes in after the second inning, you know, twice a week. I have no idea. Maybe he's the closer. Maybe (laughs) he did whatever happens. They have the best interest of the players and the win going for them. So even though you think Josh Fleming, you know, could have been just been like a one and done, I I think he's going to kick around. It's a matter of, is he going to get wins? So you got to watch early in the year and, and also dynasty owners, right? Let's not jump the gun here because Archer one-year deal, Waka one-year deal, Rich Hill one-year deal. Um, I can't remember if Yarbrough has two years left, but either way, what I'm getting at is there's potential turnover in the lineup. In addition to Brendan McKay needing to come back healthy from injury, in addition to Brent Honeywell Jr. needing to be able to pitch 
healthy and successfully. Joe Ryan, same thing. Luis Patino, same thing. Shane McClanahan, are they going to value McClanahan as a bullpen piece? He could be one of those dynamite openers. It's, it's such a wide open, untraditional setup that I love it and I fear it. I love it in daily if I, if I go and collect a few Tampa guys. I am really glad Matthew Libertor is not here right now because that would really muddy the waters for me. And I did get to watch a little bit of St. Louis um, pitcher fielding practice today, Ty. Hilarious. PFPs. That's what's Hilarious. up. Hilarious. Oh. Love PFPs. They're the best. Um, yeah. Very underappreciated. You know, you, you appreciate PFPs when you see that ball rolling out towards the, the bullpen down the right field line. That's when PFPs become important. And pitchers are terrible defense. Well, at least for the Cardinals, they were some terrible defensive plays. Rios made some good plays. Kim made some good plays. Or sorry, Reyes, not Rios. Um, but Libertor bounced one. The the guy that was also hitting the balls to them was hilarious. Wayne Wayne Wright Wayne O um, took took one off a toe, I think, and he's like, "Ooh, kick save!" <laughs> like he was like, you know, snuck one by goal. You know, it was really really funny. Just to listen to this clip, it was it was on Instagram, MLB.com, which I certainly prefer a lot of the content there to Twitter, where Twitter's a lot of words. Instagram's a lot of, you know, you can actually like do a little bit of 10-second scouting to get an idea for things. So um, that was good. I haven't seen it for the Tampa Bay guys before, but uh, or, or yet, I should say, but it's certainly something I'll be looking at here. Is there anyone that we may be missing, anything that we haven't really discussed? We know how intense and how frustrating this season this is going to be for everybody that owns Joey Wendell and owns Bruce So and owns, you know, takes a flyer on Brett Phillips. And like, it, it's not going to be 550 at bats locked and loaded, right? Mm-hmm. Like Ty mentioned off the top, Airs Arena and Brandon Lau. That's, that's yeah. the odds on favorites. I'm also saying um, give it to a Willie Adames. And I don't know. You say it. Go ahead. You, you have to say Austin Meadows, right? Oh, I, oh you, sorry, Ty. Yes, I you're do an agree. Austin, you're an Austin Meadows guy. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm not I, as much. Yes, you're absolutely right. I, I definitely think Austin Meadows is going to get it. Seeing that uh, Fangraphs just threw him in at DH was kind of funny to me, thinking like, you know, he's, he's going to be your left fielder. And of course, right, Kevin Kiermaier is going to get hurt. Like <laughs> that's not going to take long. Kevin Kiermaier is going to get hurt. So uh, just, just pace yourselves, be yeah. mindful. Meadows line wasn't good last year. Uh, you know, neither was Jan Moncada's neither was Jack, you know, Jack Flaherty missed what a month of starts. Uh, Sandy Alcantara missed weeks of certain things happened last year that you need to take into consideration. Austin Meadows free pass, right? You're not going to say Randy Arizarina is terrible. Look what he did. Yeah. Right. So you have to weight things differently. And J-Man Choi of this whole group tie, I think J-Man Choi could be the biggest surprise for dynasty owners. I, I don't disagree. I really, I really want to see if he continues with the right-handed experiment. Right? We haven't seen any game action starts this weekend. I've already booked off Sunday for my wife when the Jays' first game is on TV. Um, so are um, you booked it off like you don't have to be married that day? What do you mean you booked it off with your wife? I no, do not. You don't I'm have not to be a father. F- Correct. Which weekends gotcha. when, when you're Monday to Friday, busy up to the, to the eyeballs, the weekends, you get the kid dumped on you. Um, you might be a couple of years away from that one, Robbie. And, and currently my uh, son's four years older than yours, but I'm a couple years away from having to parent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much. No, I'm, I meant from flipping the cycle again. Um, but either way, <laughs> The, the relevant thing is that I will be teaching my son how to sit on the couch and watch baseball on Sunday. And if he cries, I will not be responsible for that. 
I can guarantee you that as soon as we start watching baseball, my kid's going to say, let's play catch or, or what I, what I love that he says, let's have a catch. That is great. I I do. I do like that. I've actually play catch in our house, which is also fun. I'll, I'll post a video for you, Robbie, at some point, but I have been teaching my kid how to play catch, but catch by just healing his like little foam squares at him and see if he can catch him on his stomach. He's actually surprisingly good at it for a, under six month year old child. Um, and he thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. So it makes me happy. Um, I can't wait to worry at ground ball, same situation. So it's, well, it's, it's funny because I just, I make my kid hold his glove up right by his face and then I just fire heat and I don't let him wear a helmet unless he has dropped two. My, so. <laughs> my biggest concern is that I can still throw in the eighties and I'm, I'm concerned that I hurt my child when we start playing catch, right? Like I, I don't want to be that. I know, Underhand. like, but I'm going to be so jacked up to have a catch, right? So it's it's going to be tough. Yeah. I have to well, control myself. My brother-in-law, when we went to their house, said, like, you know, is it okay if we play catch? And I'm like, of course. Like, Ray wants to play catch. Like, let's do it. So anyway, he throws him the ball. Ray randomly sticks his glove out and catches it. My brother-in-law's like, sweet. Ray throws it back. Ray's got a good arm. He's going to be a fastball sinker guy. Um, <laughs> throws it back. And then did not catch another ball the entire time they played catch because he just sticks his arm out in the same spot every time. <laughs> so the challenge is you have to have the control and the command to hit it as he's moved his arm out because then he doesn't move <laughs> it again. Uh, it's very, yeah, it was really, really funny. And I mean, that was months ago now that we that we did that. Um, but it was funny. And, and again, he'll grab his glove randomly and say, like, let's have a catch. And then we'll just do it in the hallway because yeah. I, don't, I, I don't care. I, I'm just going to teach my kid from a very young age to I'm just going to be fitting that baseball between his two fingers, just working on that splitter grip. It's just going to be there from a really early age and we're going to get it going. But before we just walk you through our entire like bullpen of our children, uh, it's a great spot <laughs> that to leave sad off. lives that they're yeah. about to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, as we get into it, um, next up on the docket is going to be the Houston Astros. Trash um, cans. Lots to talk about there. Some turnover in that lineup. Uh, things to look out for in Houston. But until next time, it's been Rob and Tyler on Fingers. This is Dingers, way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go.